For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of the Believe in Steelers show. I'm Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion, Pittsburgh Steelers scout, swagging you, Ike Taylor. Ike, I haven't talked to you since Pittsburgh got into the postseason. Steelers matched up in the wild card round against the Buffalo Bills. I'm thrilled to be here following that loss to the Colts. Steelers winners of three straight games. And like, as you like to say, Ike, they're in the tournament. Yeah, Mason Rudolph. That's his name and playing good. <laughs> it's his game. Uh, we already knew what the Pittsburgh Steelers looked like on defense. They just figured they needed a little bit of help on offense. And since Mason has been incorporated in the starting quarterback role, Mason been turning this offense around. Uh, when you see a change in attitude, when you see us going from passing the ball to actually running the ball to getting back to the play action passes, when you see Najee doing Najee things or what we expected for Najee to do, and that's running north and south, when you see a little burst out of Jalen Warren, whether it's third and 15 or third and two, whether you see uh, the alien George George Pickens uh, catching just three yards in the game, but he's satisfied with the W, that's saying a lot how the uh, locker room just turned around ASAP. You see Deontay getting involved, Mason finding Deontay. You see uh, you see uh, tight ends uh, and Darnell blocking uh, guys to out of bounds. You see Broderick doing this thing. He's saying, man, y'all messed around and let us in in Pittsburgh and got in. You see Herbert, another rookie. I just named two rookies in Darnell and uh, Broderick. Now we go to Herbert. When you need him to make a play out of one or two plays coming in the game, he's making a play, forced fumble, fumble recovery. When you see what uh, 24 JP Jr. has been doing on the outside of the cornerback position, he's been locking down. When you see Keanu Bento doing what he's doing, sitting out in the middle of that defense, he's, he's shutting stuff down on that run game as well as getting to the quarterback on the pass game. So if you just look around, man, all I'm saying is, God dang, Omar Khan, what kind of draft you had this year? And I just named damn near five rookies, and Rob, five rookies had a huge impact not only during this season, but late in the season, especially when the Pittsburgh Steelers needed them. The 74 class, Ike, will always be the winner with four Hall of Fame players, but this rookie class has been downright impressive with their contributions to this team. Do you want to talk some Mason Rudolph, though? And it's the lack of turnovers. It's running the ball and the physicality up front. But really, I think you hit the nail on the head where, okay, what's the difference between what he's doing right now? What's the difference between 2019? And to me, it's the personnel. And it's a man by the name of George Pickens and consistently getting him the football. What I noticed in this last game, Mike, against Baltimore is if they were putting a safety over the top, they're they're doubling and other things are open. It sets up a Deontay Johnson slant pass over the middle where he can take it the distance. And in the Seattle game, I noticed the cat and mouse game where 
Seattle would bring a safety down in the box. George has one-on-one on the outsides. You take advantage. If they put a safety over the top, then you're going to run the ball down the opposing team's throat. That strategy is something that I noticed with Mason, and it's the lack of turnovers, and it's the identity of we're going to try to establish the running game, and we're going to consistently get the ball to our best player and that man by the name of George Pickens. That's what I notice. Yeah, from traps in the running games, to counters in the running game, to Najee running north and south in the running game, to George just being the ultimate team player on the outside, to Deontay uh, lining up in the slot as well, uh, cutting down the formation, not, not letting him just stay outside all the time, to Darnell blocking, to Broderick uh, just having some kind of attitude from the offensive line, to Mason just looking real calm from 2019 to 2024 in the pocket. That's what I would say. The difference between Mason Rudolph, a young Mason Rudolph, and a veteran Mason Rudolph, he's really going through his reads. He's taking what the defense is giving him, and he's just looking all the way cool and calm in that pocket right now, Mark. I, I have to hold you accountable. You mentioned the trap blocks, and we can talk some Najee Harris for just a second here. Three straight 1,000-yard seasons. On the touchdown and the block by Isaac Sayamalu. Oh my lord. It was it was terrific, Dyke. And it's Steelers football. Yeah, I know, I know. I remember, you know, a guy named Casey Hampton, uh, our defensive tackle, first round draft pick from from Texas at the time when I was there. That's one thing he hated that defensive tackle. Them goddamn trap blocks. Cause them trap blocks, you can't see it coming. Cause the cause the center lets you wide open and you're trying to see. Man, I got a free shot to the quarterback, and there goes somebody, whether they're coming from the right guard or the left guard, they ear hold up out of you. <laughs> so I can only imagine um, how a defensive tackle feel that he feels like he's coming free. But at the same time, man, that, that trap block is something when you get ear hold. So Pittsburgh incorporated a little different kind of formations. Um, they got really, like, exclusive with their run game, and Najee just run that thing north and south, and he running with a mean attitude. Yeah, I love to see it. We always say November, December, January with him, and you're seeing that come to fruition in the coming weeks. I've been as critical as anyone about Najee Harris's performance, but it's really been on the back half of the season, and the weather gets cold. We might have snow in Buffalo as well. Keep an eye on that forecast. You're going to need Najee and to establish the running game. Now, we also talk about Mason Rudolph to, I'd imagine, and we'll find out later today when Mike Tomlin speaks with, reporters and media members that Mason will get the start in four games, but it's not turning the ball over and it's just knowing where to go with the ball hanging in the pocket. Um, Ike, he's entering the final year. He's in the final year of his contract. I'll just put it this way. I don't know if he's going to be back at Pittsburgh. I don't know if he wants to come back next year, but he's earned himself a lot of cheese because he's on that $1 million contract right now. If he's in Pittsburgh or elsewhere next season, he's going to be making a lot more money than a uh, little bit more than $1 million league minimum coming back to Pittsburgh. He tests the free agent waters, but when he, his opportunity came this year, he was ready to roll. And he's been just downright impressive. I know it's only a three game sample size, but he's totally turned the Steelers season around and he's been the Steelers best quarterback this season. People got to understand, coming from Oklahoma State, man, Mason was a dog at Oklahoma State. He put up numbers at Oklahoma State. Um, If you ask Mason, I'm sure he might say he got an unfair shot 
when it came down his opportunities to either being a starter or being a second backup on the roster. But at the same time, he's just taking advantage of his opportunity right now. He's getting real comfortable between Calvin Austin III, GP the Alien, and Deontay Johnson. Uh, Pittsburgh has done a good job with two with the, with the dual co uh, coordinators and learning how to mix it up the running game, letting the running game turn into the play action game, let the play action game turn into let me get to some of my receivers on the outside who know how to make plays. So that's the difference right now between the Pittsburgh offense before and midseason. Yeah, definitely. Ike. He'll, the Steelers will go as far as he takes them, barring injury right. this season. So, and Ike, I know as fans, we do this a lot too. I look ahead to say, okay, you get by Buffalo. And yes, one game at a time, you're nine and a half point underdogs for a reason. You get by Buffalo. Baltimore in the divisional round? Pittsburgh plays the, the, one the, the, the Ravens. One and seven. Baltimore's one and seven in Pittsburgh, I think, since 2016 and 17. They've lost seven of the last eight games to the Steelers. Right. And I'm just going to say this, Ike. And Pete, look, Lamar hasn't played in all of those games due to injuries and rest sure. and whatnot. The Steelers are Lamar Jackson's kryptonite. I'm just going to outright say it. I mean, Coach T, when it comes down to a defense, defensive scheme and his defensive coordinators and the guys on defense, he knows exactly how to handle Lamar. Now, this guy named Josh Allen, he's a little bit different. You know, 6'5", 240. Right now I'm saying 250 because it's kind of cold, so you ain't losing weight how you lose weight. Um, not only can he throw the ball at every angle you want him to, deep ball, short, or mid, he also you also got to look at him like as a threat in running the ball. And he don't mind when it's crunch time running the ball. You just got to understand, he will be Santa Claus sometimes in the game. When he give you the ball, you just got to make sure you capitalize on it. The rate uh, the Bills have established their running game like uh, in the top ten and overall yes. team rushing, and that was something a few years ago where it's like, where's their running identity? Now Josh Allen is certainly a part of that. Again, I look at the turnovers though, second most interceptions in the league. The Bills are still plus two turnover differential. The Steelers are plus eleven. To me, this game's going to come down to turnovers, and I, I know there's a lot of cliches of well, what's the key to the game, but. You win the turnover battle. Whichever team wins that, I think, wins Sunday afternoon's game. Yeah, for me, for me, that's exactly what it is. Um, if Josh turned the ball over, which the Pittsburgh Steelers are looking for, I think Minka is back. We finally get DeMonte Casey back coming off suspension. Um, perfect timing for that. Uh, you seeing what Herbert is doing and Rookie's doing coming off the edge. We didn't already talked about JP Jr. on locking stuff down. Bento sitting in the middle on that defense. So, Right now, man, Pittsburgh, we always said, man, throughout the years, one thing you didn't have to worry about, that was their defense. Now the offense is complimenting them on, on holding the ball, time of possession, and making plays when they need to make plays. So it's going to be a good one. But you said it on the head, man. It's going to be a battle of who don't turn the ball over as much as going to win this game. With you, Ike, the last time these two teams played in October of 2022, Pills blew the Steelers out 38-3. to a lot of similarities between these two current teams, though, Ike, because the Bills were sitting at 6-6. Six and six. They were written off. They fired their offensive coordinator midseason in Ken Dorsey. Bills haven't lost since. The Bills have not lost a football game since November the 26th. Steelers as well, though, winners of three straight, and they fire Matt Canada midseason. And they've been hot going into the playoffs. 
Pittsburgh hasn't lost since December the 16th. So similarities between these two teams heading into this one and the Bills taking care of business on Sunday night football to wrap up the AFC East division against the Dolphins. They're hot right now. There's no doubt about that heading into this wild card matchup. But I, we had Dave Damashek on the show several weeks ago, and I guess this is just my mentality too, and maybe it's a meatball take, maybe it's a Yinzer take. Going into the AFC playoffs, there's not a team that strikes total fear in my hearts where it's like, there's no way that the Steelers win this game. This, to me, feels different than in that 2021 season when Roethlisberger was finishing up his career when the Steelers were matched up against the Chiefs in the first round of the playoffs. It was like, there's no way that the Steelers beat the Chiefs in this one. I feel much differently heading into this one against Buffalo. Because the team is different. The team is young. The team is we. The team is a team. Uh, you could have wrote Coach Tomlin, Coach T.R. me in, in the Pittsburgh Steelers off. It wasn't looking good. You know, they went on a three-game losing streak. It didn't look good at all. Same way with the Buffalo Bills. You got two teams looking like the cardiac kids. You know, everybody rid them off damn near midseason, and both of the teams just like on fire. One thing we've been saying about the Buffalo Bills, what they haven't been doing, what they're doing now is running the ball. We all knew what Josh Allen can do. We all knew what kind of arm he had. We all knew his kind of talent. Man, if they ever decide to run the ball, this offense, the team will look totally different. And that's exactly what the Buffalo Bills are doing. Same thing with the Pittsburgh Steelers. If the Pittsburgh Steelers can get back to the Pittsburgh Steelers playing bully ball, handing the ball off to Najee and, and Warren, and we'll see what happens after that. Ain't no telling how many games they're going to win. We always talked about with the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, if they can get 21 to 24 points a game, how their defense is, how their defense is playing, ain't no telling how many games they're going to win. So they're mirroring each other. The same kind of style as far as like running the ball because if, if you look at it, Josh Allen numbers haven't been high when it comes down to passing. But if you look at their running game, their running game, like you said earlier in the show, Mark, it's been top 10 the past five to six weeks. If you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers the last three to four weeks, what have they been doing? They've been running the ball. So it's two teams mirroring each other. Now they get into the rushing game in two different kind of ways. Pittsburgh tend to, you know, have Mason Rudolph under center. Of course, you're going to keep Josh Allen because his athletic ability and the shotgun, the run action, not the run action, the, the read option when it comes down to, to the pass and the run game. But at the same time, man, when you go into the January football, and we talked about this in October, when you got the big boys and Najee, who look like a, a different kind of human, and he's 245 and he's running, and we all know Jalen, how, how he runs the ball, it's just totally different. So... This is going to be the cause. For me, we saying the quarterbacks for sure. But whoever has the time of possession, that T.O.P., and that run game is on fire, that's going to come out. That's who's going to come out with that W in that stadium. A little bit of a different style of football than what you see in, say, September and October. Ike. Let's take a quick break to tell our listeners and viewers about betonline.ag. The Steelers are now nine and a half point underdogs. If you got them at seven and a half when this line first opened, you had tremendous value. If you have a hunch on this game or any of the other wild card action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. 365, 24-7, regardless on what sport you want to bet on, betonline is always open. Make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. Spreads, over-unders, player props, betonline.ag has it all. I can use our promo code, believe that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, 
where the game starts. Ike, we got to go to the defensive side of the ball. Steelers are going to be without TJ Watt, and they're saying grade two MCL sprain. Maybe he'd be back for the divisional round at the earliest. No one is TJ Watt. So I want to make that clear right from the get-go. We saw what the Steelers were like without him a year ago when he had that torn pec injury. But this is one position where the Steelers have some depth where going into the year, it was like, eh, I don't know. Marcus Golden, established veteran, has had three seasons in his NFL career with double-digit sacks. Really, injuries have been his issue during his career. But then Nick Herbig off the edge is going to get that larger sample size where we've wanted, you're not going to take TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith off the field. But we're going to get to see what Herbig can do with extended reps because if you look at his win rates, his sack rates, his forced fumble rates, the opportunities that he's had when he's gotten to play, he's been downright impressive, Ike. Yeah, so this is exactly how (laughs) Nick is looking at his opportunity as an opportunity. Um, When you're sitting behind a fellow alumni going to Wisconsin, when you've seen him year in and year out, get close or win defensive player of the year. When you see him live in person and, and know how to handle himself as a professional, when you go through training camp with him, when you go through the season with a TJ Watt, all you can do is try to mimic or be like TJ Watt. And the closest thing to TJ Watt is two people between Marcus and Nick. That's how good TJ TJ Watt is. But you said it best, man. Now we have depth at the outside linebacker position um, between Mark, uh, the rotation between Alex and Nick so but that's how special TJ is man when you got to get two guys to come close to one that's letting you know already what kind of special guy he is in TJ you know I love Marcus Golden as a Mizzou alum he was a great player when I was in school I've been watching Marcus Golden for a long time Herbig though and it was the strip sack forced fumble against Geno Smith off a double team in that Seattle game that might have been the pivotal play that clinched that game for the Steelers in a must-win game on the road, hostile environment, all of that. Seattle needed that game desperately too, fighting for playoff positioning. That was one of two defensive snaps that Nick Herbig That's played it. in that game. That's all I need. And we we just said it. All Nick wants is opportunity, and he's gonna get plenty of snaps to have all the opportunities he needs for this game, Mark. Uh, but I just I watched how he watched TJ in training camp. I watched TJ take him under his wing in training camp. And you talking about a guy with two plays, minimum plays, seizing the moment. When you get to a situation at the end of the game and coach don't hesitate at all to put a rookie in there, then at the same time, you beat a double team. You go against the offensive tackle and the running back trying to chip you, and you still find a way to get under that tackle, slide and get skinny, pass that running back, force a fumble, and pick it up. <laughs> That's what Nick do. So um, I'm looking at it. I'm not worried. Uh, I have a lot of confidence in Nick and Mark at the same time. And to be honest, which I think this is where Alex Hosmick is going to wake up when it comes down coming from around that, that blind side for this game for the Buffalo Bills. Would like to see that silky spin move on display with Alex Highsmith at some point. 
in Sunday afternoon's game, Ike. And uh, when you've got Cam Hayward, Keanu Benton, I mean, they've played well. Um, again, no one is TJ Watt. Correct. No one is TJ Watt. So, like, if you take anything from this segment, like, I don't want this to be cut on social media. Be like, oh, the Steelers are fine without TJ. It's not what I'm saying. But, again, if really any other position where it's like, mm, like, I look at it from the standpoint of like, you're really beat up at the inside linebacker position. And, you know, you're finally getting some safeties back. You're finally getting healthier in other areas where the last several weeks you've had tremendous contributions from players like Eric Rowe from Miles Jack, from Patrick Peterson sliding over from corner to safety to try to patch this up on the fly. It's the analogy I'd make, Ike, it's almost like trying to gas the plane while it's already up in the air. Yeah, that's tough, unless you're in the military. And right now, Southwest <laughs> and Delta, they ain't doing none of that. <laughs> Everything is commercial. So, but yeah, man, I'm going to say you're not, but I'm going to say, and I don't care what they say on social media. Right now, I think we have the depth um, for TJ Watt to be out, for the two guys between Mark and Nick to come in and make the splash plays they need to make. DeMonte Kazee going to be back from suspension He's already activated. We'll see about Minka and the knee injury too, but how great it would be to get two, two of your starting safeties back in this one, uh, especially against Josh Allen. You're going to need all the help you can get to sure. trying to slow down Stefan Diggs to as good a receiver as there is in the NFL. Like, Yeah. I mean, Steph, you know what Steph, man. Steph, the <laughs> angry man. Stephon Diggs, the angry man. He always pissed off. Them guys who want to be great at that wide receiver position, they can't, they can't get enough touches. Uh, 17 touches ain't enough. They're going to complain about that. Uh, you see you see the relationship between him and Josh. He always talking to Josh on the sideline like, bro, I'm open. Even when he's not open, he feel like he's open. So for me, man, it's just going to be that secondary scheme, that game plan, and what Coach T and company are going to come up with, and I'm sure they're going to have a nice one. Yeah, and it's going to be good on the back end, too, where from a coverage standpoint, Pittsburgh might need to hold up a little bit more because without T.J. Watt, I mean, 19 sacks this year, Ike, leading the league again in sacks where he deserves at least strong, strong consideration for Defensive Player of the Year because top five in sacks, tackles for loss, quarterback hits, forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, for just the second time in three years. The only reason he didn't do it last year is due to injuries, Ike. So you're having to account for a player that is dynamic off the edge that opposing teams have to know where 90 is. You have to double, you have to chip, you have to keep a tight end or running back in to help out an opposing offensive tackle against TJ Watt. But you at least shore up the back end of your secondary, even if it's just Kazee back. Anything will help at this point, just considering this has just been the inside linebacker position and the safety position, the Steelers have been ravaged by injuries. And we haven't even mentioned like Keanu Neal's been out the last several weeks too with uh, with an injury in his own right. So you get at least one player back with Kazee. We'll see how Minka progresses. I think we'll have a better idea later today when Mike Tomlin speaks with reporters of, okay, they'll probably try to bring Minka along during the week, but we'll see how he progresses as the week goes along. DeMonte Casey, man, you bring that enforcer back. You bring in that when guys go across the middle, they look at, they trying to see where Mighty Mouse and DeMonte Casey at. Um, when guys on the sideline and, and, and cover two and the quarterback is trying to drop the ball between the corner and the safety, 
they want to they want to know what Demonte K's at. Um, when you want to talk about somebody with an attitude and setting the tone on the back end, you talk about Demonte Casey. Um, when you want to look and see if Mika comes back, how comfortable he is because he's comfortable with the guy who's sitting behind him. That's Demonte Casey. Um, but man, we got to give a huge shout out to Coach Tommy. Coach T in his 17th year never yeah. had a losing losing season, and uh, I think over the last five six years with Coach T, especially at that quarterback position, dealing with injuries, dealing with guys who's been up and down. Um, as far as like a quarterback play, dealing with injuries on the defensive side, you know, you lose three or four starters in the inside linebacker position at one time. He found a way. Uh, when you shuffling the offensive line between the past couple of years, he found a way. When you shuffling quarterbacks, the main position in the NFL, Coach T found a way to so to not have a losing season in 17 years is very impressive. So we got to give a huge shout out. I would like to give a huge shout out to Coach T. And how he kept the team when it didn't look good at all, when everybody was talking about him. <coughs> Excuse me. How he kept that locker room in check. <coughs> Excuse me. And together. And for them boys just to rally towards the end of the season and handle their business and get in the playoff for 2024. It's been very quiet in <clears throat> the three-game winning streak since Mason took over. And I, I think it will be even quieter if he wins a playoff game. If he wins a playoff game for the first time since January 2017, to me, that's what this all stems back to with Mike Tomlin. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is you're not going to end every season hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Correct. It's just the reality of the situation. No. Right. It's not to make excuses. It's not to say that the offense can't improve. It's really, it's been a struggle really towards the end of Roethlisberger's career. Then you try to bring in Mitch Trubisky as a bridge quarterback. And you end up having to start Kenny Pickett in what the fourth week of his rookie season. And right. again, it's not to make excuses, but compared to where we were at following that Colts game, you finish the season 10 and seven. And it's like, you know, we are so stupid and the knee jerk reaction that people have in the moment, you know, it did feel different to me. And again, I go back to what our friend Dave Damashek says, that's a two way street. And I've seen some reports this week of, you know, Mike Tomlin also has to be the one to decide back, say, yeah, I want to be back in Pittsburgh as well. That's a two-way street. So, again, if they get it done this weekend, you could talk about a lot of shortcomings where, yeah, it hasn't been perfect. Point me to the other organizations that have had the sustained success and the sustained level of excellence. And yeah, it might be really stupid to have say, Oh, non-losing seasons. But I always approach from the standpoint of like, they haven't bottomed out to where trading up to number 10 in 2019 to draft Devin Bush is your highest draft pick during the Tomlin era. Number 10, not a top five pick, not a top three pick, not a pick where, oh, we can go and get the best player in the draft. And, and when you talk about Mike Tomlin, it was several years ago. He's talking to Chase Young on the field when he was playing over in Washington before he was with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. And he goes, yeah, I'm never drafting high enough to draft the guy that looks like you. That clip alone tells me everything I need to know about the Mike Tomlin era in Pittsburgh. Man, I tell people all the time, Coach T different, bro. He different. I've seen the man as a coach. I seen his game plan, but now that I'm in the front office, Mark, and see how he just move around that building, whether we're talking about in meetings, he coming in and free agency, 
where he's in tune with the draft in the offseason, whether he's coming up with schematics, whether it's on the offensive side or the defensive side, how he gets his point across. Now, we have said, uh, have his message been watered down for the past couple of weeks? Are the guys in the locker room tuning in to Coach T? Well, look at me now. Because <laughs> they ain't never leave Coach T. They were just going through some kind of adversity, and now they're clicking on all cylinders in the Pittsburgh Steelers in the, in the playoffs this year. Anything we say, too, in terms of what Pittsburgh needs to do to improve offensively, I really like what I've seen the last three weeks. I think Tomlin already knows as well. So in the offseason, like, it, it's tough, Ike, because I want to focus on this game against the Seahawks right now, too. In the offseason, I think you have some tough decisions to make. Are you bringing back Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan, a play caller OC? Are you going to try to bring in fresh blood as uh, as a new offensive coordinator to try to get this offense right, to try to get Kenny Pickett right? Okay, are you bringing Mason Rudolph back on a team-friendly deal? How much money is Mason going to want? Does Mason even want to be here? If you do exercise your out with Mitch Trubisky, what's your plan for the third quarterback position? So there's a lot of decisions to be made. A few other things, too. I mean, I look at some of the contracts. Allen Robinson, you've got a team option with that. You're probably not picking that up. Chooks a core for right now. He's on the bench and he's like your highest paid offensive lineman, maybe other than uh, he's among the highest paid linemen on the Steelers. Say Malu Daniels might be higher, but you've got that decision to make Mason cold. You want to try to bring in a new center. So like there's a lot of things and areas I could point to offensively where Pittsburgh needs to improve. I'm sure Mike Tomlin already knows about all of us. And it ha- again, like it's been far from perfect really the last five years. But again, when Roethlisberger's on the back half of his career, the last few years of his career, you're not just going to snap your fingers and say, oh, yeah, well, this outgoing Hall of Fame quarterback, we're just going to bring in a brand new quarterback who can mask a lot of the deficiencies that you see offensively to get this team right as a whole and get all 11 of the personnel that are out on the field from the offensive side of the ball. And this team's still really young, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Ike, okay, let's go back to the salary cap. Look at how this team allocates its salary cap and pays a premium for the defensive players. A lot of the offensive players, Ike, are still on their rookie deals. See, this this shout-out to the pivot, Ryan Clark, Channing, and Fred T. Hopefully Fred mm-hmm. T. get into the Hall of Fame. Um, Coach T came on the pivot, and Coach T, you know, specifically said, this what I, I don't care about salary caps. I don't care who's the highest paid. I don't care who's the lowest paid. One thing I like about coaching is teaching. And you can tell he takes that to heart. He don't care whether you're the fourth guy on a depth chart or whether you're a veteran, a pro bowl, all pro starter. Man, put the guy on the field for me and let him see. Let me, let me teach him and let me show him how to work. Because once you step on the field and you got that black and gold on, it don't matter what the salary is. So I know Coach T, I know Omar Khan and company, they're thinking about that because that's what they do. But far as like when it comes to adversity and, and, and wanting to prove people wrong, that's all Coach T wants to do. So, and he's been doing it his whole career. So when I say that, man, uh, not only coach, but teach, it's a lot of coaches that can coach. It's not too many te- coaches that can teach. And, and, and Coach T has to be, one of the few in the world who can get every single last drop, whether you're the 
starter or the fourth string guy out of you and find a way from you to make find a way to you to make look good on the field. That's what I love about Coach T, bro. Let me give a Yinzer take as well, like if you want to criticize Mike Tomlin, I think the one thing you could point to is okay, after that Colts game, should the Steelers have moved to Mason Rudolph sooner? But I look at, okay, how do the Steelers run the organization? And this is a testament. This should be commended. This should not be criticized because other organizations do operate this way. The Steelers don't. From the top down, from the Roonies to general manager Omar Khan to Mike Tomlin, on down to the players. They're in sync. So you say, okay, should they have moved to Mason Rudolph sooner than Mitch Trubisky? I can point to 8 million reasons you'd start Mitch Trubisky over Mason Rudolph, Ike. You pay a premium to, okay, if Kenny Pickett goes down, he's going to be ready. Mitch Trubisky this season is the 28th highest paid quarterback in the league. Mason Rudolph, you brought back on a league minimum, making just a little bit north of a million dollars. You're meaning to tell me that that didn't have at least some factor in the decision of, okay, should we then go to Mason? And then, oh, by the way, He's been the third stringer all year. It's not like he's had the reps going back to training camp and in practices to where, oh, yeah, we're just going to snap our fingers and put Mason Rudolph into the game. And you know what? Let's give him a full week to prepare for when he finally took this team and put him on a three-game winning streak. So I see this from the outside, and people are, again, you can criticize Tom and say maybe they should have put him in sooner, but – they did it soon enough to where they still could salvage the season. And hindsight's twenty twenty, but standing at 10 and 7 compared to where we were at after that Saturday loss to the Colts, like, it's been remarkable. And I just, I think we're so stupid to just be prisoners of the moment when we wanted to ride him out of town when he still hasn't had a losing season. And the, the non-losing seasons, too, again, people can point to the lack of playoff success in the in the offense, but, like, th- that that's something that should be applauded. Like, that should not be something where it's like, oh, oh yeah, but where's the Super Bowl wins? Come on. Grow up. We, Get we, out of here. Ike, it drives me nuts. It drives we, me nuts. We saying, we saying, oh, he probably should have started Mason Rudolph earlier. Now, we wasn't saying that back then. Um, one thing, I, one thing I've known, and what I love about the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, they dictate. They don't let us dictate to them. So, with the out, how the outside world feel about them, they care nothing about that because they've been successful. When you go on that second floor and you see them six uh, Lombardis sitting in them glass cases, and you see the '74 Steelers, then you see the early 2000 Steelers. They dictate. They don't let us dictate to them. So it's like they're on their own time when it comes down to making decisions. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, as an organization, which you got to respect forever, they will always dictate. They will never let us dictate to them. Ike, we got to get you out of here because you have scouting responsibilities for Pittsburgh. So I'm going to be respectful of that. I appreciate you. Uh, Ike, you're the absolute best. I want to thank you, the Believe Network, today's presenting sponsor, betonline.ag. Go check them out. And Ike, the people on YouTube, just tap the subscribe button. You'll get entertainment and insight. Ike, you're an absolute fool in the best way on the microphone. 
Apple and Spotify, believe in Steelers, five stars and five stars only. Yeah, second that, go to YouTube, subscribe for us, give us a five-star rating, make sure y'all check, check us out on Apple Podcasts. Want to thank Believe in Steelers, want to thank uh, my co-host Mark Berger for always rocking with your boy. Want to thank everybody for tuning in and, and checking Marking Out every week. Uh, want to thank BetOnline.ag for rocking with us since day one. So on that note, I'm going to let Mark close it out. For Ike Taylor, I am Mark Bergen. Thank you for watching the Believe in Steelers show. Enjoy Steelers and Bills wild card round. We'll see you after that. Take care. So long, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.